0: Hi, I'm Nikki Scherer and you're listening to The Jazz Session, the original jazz interview podcast.
1: one, basic hip.
0: This is episode 573 for the 3rd of November 2021. Named for the Olympian goddess of the hunt and wild, Artemis is a superlative sextet. An international affair with members hailing from the US, Canada, Israel and Japan, the all-star group features pianist and musical director Rini Rosnas, tenor saxophonist Nicole Glover, clarinetist Anad Cohen, trumpeter Ingrid Jensen, bassist Noriko Ueda, drummer Alison Miller, and featured vocalist Cecile McLorin salvant Their debut album was released on Blue Note Records in September 2020. Since then, the band has toured internationally, showcasing their high-wire interplay and pure musical joy. I was spoilt with the opportunity to interview not one, not two, but three of the members of Artemis all at once, a dream scenario for any interviewer. Here is my conversation with Rini, Ingrid and Alison. <music> I want to say Artemis welcome to the jazz session but I also want to be specific and I want to say that I'm incredibly lucky to be in the company of Rini Rosnes, Alison Miller and Ingrid Jensen, three members of Artemis and welcome to the the podcast guys.
2: Thank you, thanks for having me. Hi, thank you, thank you. Thanks, great to be here.
0: This is my first multi-person interview and I can't think Of a better group of people to be the first bevy of guests for this show. So thank you in advance and I'll I'll try not to just spend the interview thanking you all profusely. So let's jump into it because your time is precious. Irini, I want to start with you. You assembled this group and you handpicked these musicians and I should also mention that the other band members who are not with us today are clarinetist Anat Cohen, saxophonist Nicole Glover, bassist Noriko Ueda, and guest vocalist Cecile McLaurin-Salvant. What traits were most important to you when you were going to gather a group of musical teammates together for this?
3: Well, number one, I had to uh, love their playing, as I do all of these women. Um, I was excited to gather a group of musicians together whom I felt would have some simpatico and chemistry together and open mind, uh, regarding, uh, the music and where we can take the music, um, as well as be incredibly lovely people, which they all are as well. So, um, I think I hit the jackpot here with, with, uh, the women that, that are involved in, in Artemis. I'm, I'm. I hope they feel the same way. But I'm ecstatic every time I get to uh, make music with them. Ditto.
0: this is this what this sort of situation where you have the other people in the room. So any sort of praise or compliments go directly to them, which is great because I think so often it's via somebody else or somebody will say, <laughs> "Oh, were well, your ears burning?" So I think that's really lovely. And were there any other things that you had to take into consideration? either when it came to gathering musicians or did you have any preconceived ideas or hopes, I should say, because I'm sure you tried to remain flexible in terms of what would the repertoire be?
3: Well, you know, the whole thing came together, um, not, not purposefully in a way. I mean, the, the, the genesis of the band, uh, began in 2016 when a, a European promoter asked me to put together a group of all women, uh, musicians, uh, to uh, celebrate International Women's Day in Paris, and there were uh, concerts in Paris and um, Luxembourg. Um, and so when I initially chose the musicians, just it was really just for that one project, and it wasn't something that I was considering, or any of us, I suppose, were really considering as it would be, could be something that would continue on. It wasn't until after that that we all had a really wonderful time and we thought let's do some more work together. And um, the initial drummer was Terry Lynn Carrington and she wasn't able to continue with the band. The initial bassist was Linda Mahan Oh and uh, she's also very busy and was busy that summer. Not that we all are busy, but they were unable to uh, continue with a tour, a European tour that we had planned for the following year. And I was, very happy to bring on Ali um, and Noriko. Um, and then everything just gels from the first gig that Ali played with us with no rehearsal, I might add. <laughs> <laughs> um, we played at the North Sea Jazz Festival and she just stepped in like a pro and boy, the just sparks flying on the stage. And we all just felt, ah, oh, here we are. We found our stride, you know? Um, one little quick anecdote. I want to give them a chance to speak as well. But I just remember a, a kind of a heartwarming moment backstage before we were going on. I was chatting with, with Ali, just saying, okay, in this song, just remember the coda does this or whatever. I was just trying to last-minute little things. I was trying to remember to just give her a few tips before we went out since there was no rehearsal. And all of a sudden this voice pipes in, he says, Yeah, don't forget the coda. <laughs> it was Chick Korea. Who had been standing there listening to me? Uh, I didn't know that, of course, but we had a good laugh about that. And then, while we were playing, he was at the side of the stage, um, in the corner, with the curtains parted, uh, pulled around his chin. And the way the pianos uh, set up, you know, I'm facing that direction to the, you know, to that side of the stage. And I, I just, it was just a surreal moment to have one of my greatest heroes, head only sticking through the curtains uh and smiling and uh kind of cheering us all on and he stayed like that for oh gosh almost
4: 20 minutes he was there with his headlights like that through the curtains so someone has to have a picture of that there has to be a picture
2: we you know find i you would think so i i i don't know i'm 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 really glad i didn't know that was happening
4: (laughs) (laughs) me either my i was facing the other way looking at the audience going oh wow that's awesome too (laughs) Uh,
0: well there's something kind of like a good omen about that and that it was chick and maybe reeney at every live performance to come you'll picture his head almost you know like a You know how some people carry around lucky, I don't know, (laughs) charms. That will be your visual lucky charm. What a charm. Oh, my gosh.
2: And, you know, the the last show of that tour, Herbie was in the audience. We had, like... Chick and Herbie bookending,
0: right. <laughs>
3: right? Oh, my
2: gosh, that's absolutely
3: correct. Yeah, Molde, yeah.
2: Norway, yeah. yeah.
0: Really good omens. And I got goosebumps, okay. Rini, really, when you recounted the first time you played together and the fact that it kind of felt like something a lot more hefty than a simple one-off, we come together and then we go our separate ways. And I think that, yeah, to be to be in a group and to have that, that sort of, f, I mean... Not to quote Kenny Werner, but that effortless mastery which comes in waves to all of us at various, you know, points. Whether it's composing, whether it's a, a playing opportunity, where you're like, "Well, that just felt so easy," and you know, like it was meant to be. I just think, gosh, how lucky! Because it could not have been that. That's
3: true. I also feel like, uh, for me, just playing with a, a group of women at that level, all of us together. It was so exciting to me. I hadn't done that before. And just, I, I really, I get goosebumps. <laughs> when we were playing in Saratoga, uh, which was our first uh, Saratoga Jazz Festival in June, was it? Um, long after the pandemic, you know, I mean, After the break of us not performing together, uh, the first song we started playing, and and, uh, yeah, I got goosebumps all
5: over again.
0: Throw to you and and really I'm I'm glad you actually mentioned that the fact that you were keeping the company of other female musicians had an impact on you or it was something that you were aware of and cognizant Alison and Ingrid how did you feel about being asked to come on board for this when promoter says I want to put together an all-female all-woman band how do you generally feel about that do you think great the more the merrier, the more opportunities, the better. Is there any wariness? I'm gonna let Al,
4: I want Allie to answer that first because she does so many projects, not even just like our jazz related stuff, but in, in a, a real, even more pop sense.
2: Mm. Well, I, you know, first, I mean, when, when Rini first reached out to me, I was like having a, an internal party as she asked me. <laughs> Because Rini has always been such a big hero of mine, a shiro of mine. And when I first moved to New York, I would go see Rini as much as possible and at the Vanguard. And she probably doesn't know that because I was too shy and nervous to introduce myself. But I uh, have always looked up to Rini. So when she reached out to me, I was ecstatic about it. And I was also very grateful uh, from from one mom to another mom that she was okay with me kind of joining the tour. I think I joined the tour maybe a week and a half after it started um, because my, we had just had our son, our second child and he was only um, six, you know six weeks old at that point and I just couldn't leave town for that long and um, I was really appreciative and I was thinking, wow, even, even that little moment where she said, okay, sure, was like, yes, I love working with women because women understand parenting and, um, domestic, uh, conflicts. So that was really great. And for me, you know, I've played in lots of, um, not, not all, not jet, not just jazz or not jazz, but I've played in other contexts with all women and I've always loved it. Um, I think it's very empowering. Um, women and non-binary, and I think it's very empowering. And, uh, you know, I kind of found my confidence by playing with only women, um, specifically Toshi Regan, who's a singer and activist that I work with a lot, uh, performing, um, I think it was 2005, at the Michigan Women's Music Festival, which used to be a kind of a, it's no longer, it doesn't exist any longer, but it was for only women, and performing in an all women's band in front of 10,000 women uh was probably one of probably the highlight of my life in 2005 and it's where it's there that i realized that in that context i could play with complete confidence and assurance and my own voice and it was there that i decided to kind of try to move through the world like that as well even though i think it is difficult for women um, because we're conditioned to feel like we're less than from us from the time we come out of the womb so uh, I think it's really ch- shifting now for the young generations. But um, so for me, I love it. I have no, it's just, it's all, and for me, the the hang is is the best with all women or some women. I mean, even in my, all of my projects, I've never had a band with me and only men. It's always been either three women, three men, or two women, two men. Um, and for me, that's that's the way I like it. It feels the most natural and organic. And it feels like, how it feels like a true representation of the music, and how the the how the world is, you know, like when you walk down a city block, it's not like there's one woman and one one woman and all men walking down the street. They're all different types of people, all shades of people, and so for me, that is kind of how music should be represented as well.
4: Hard to top that. <laughs> Going to a festival. I remember Ali telling me that story about coming back from that festival, and I was like, wow. <laughs> I thought the Mary Lou Williams Jazz Festival was something, you know, which was, that was my first real like time of being paid properly as a leader was when I went and was a leader at the Mary Lou Williams Jazz Festival that um, Dr. Billy Taylor put together because he wanted to honor Mary Lou Williams and her legacy and and also acknowledge that there's so many women who don't get a chance to lead bands and, and hire people. for adequate money. And, uh, you know, so fast forward to Artemis and playing with Rini, it was like, finally, I get to play with Reedy. Yes. (laughs) It wasn't, oh, Reedy's putting together a band of women. Let's see, who can we get? It was more like, oh, finally, you know, we're from the same town, we traveled in all the similar circles, but never really, like actually worked together and played and created together. So
3: Well, that's how I felt about you too. Both of you, you know, finally I get to play with you guys.
4: (laughs) Yeah. And as they say, good things take time. So we all are out honing our crafts in so many ways, but um, to come together when, when the stars align, I don't mean stars, like we're stars, but like the the energies and the vibes are so productive is really like the secret ingredient for any great band. So it's, I don't really think of it as a bunch of women getting together and making music because they're women we just happen to click and like playing together and like hanging together
0: yeah the hang sounds great and i've seen some pictures on instagram of poster hangs and i just think oh to be a fly on that table you know <laughs> i i just i i will say ali one of the times where what you were speaking about there's a performance it's on youtube of you performing with sarah Borelli's in an all women and non-binary band with two drummers which is also a, something of a cool rarity and it's so empowering and the song is empowering so i urge people to go and have a look at that in terms of contemporary non-jazz music that really drives the point home now that this is a working band and it's not just a group that initially gathered for a festival and for a one-off performance that you are doing something tremendous because there will be other jazz musicians of all all genders across the board coming up as students who will see a working band that looks like Artemis. And that did not exist certainly when I was coming up. And I'd imagine when any of you were coming up as students and young professionals and even experienced professionals. And that is kind of awesome. And you really are leading the charge.
4: That's a a great point. That's a really great point.
2: Yeah, I I had a, a specific example exactly about what you're talking about come up a couple months ago in July, I was actually up at SUNY Purchase, doing the um, Carnegie Hall uh, Jazz Orchestra, Carnegie Hall, NYO uh, Jazz Orchestra. Where I am sitting right now. Exactly. Oh, yeah, (laughs) exactly. And (laughs) I, so these are just a gathering of, um, you know, 22, I think there were 22 of them, of just the finest young musicians and human beings, you know, really humble, but incredible players. And this was led by Sean Jones, great supporter of, of all all types of musicians, and um, almost all of those kids, and actually most of the the, the boys came up to me, and they're like, you're the drummer from Artemis. I love that band. Aww. And these are like 16, 17 year old 18 year old boys, you know, and they were just Aww. like, that's my favorite record that came out last year. And for me, that was such an inspiration and so moving because We are, we are reaching out to a young generation of really open minded human beings that don't see gender, you know that that young generation, they don't see. They just see people they're really being raised in that way where there's you know non bi but non binary is not an issue queers not an issue, you know, cis isn't an issue it's all just open, and I think that's such a beautiful thing to witness in my lifetime to be able to see that.
0: And the fact that you're also raising kids who will come into that, you know, eventually. It's a a huge relief, but I I will say, I, I thank you all for the longevity of this and the fact that it felt good to do that first performance. And so you carried on because that is the big difference. And also the fact that and no, absolutely no shade to any other group who chooses to call themselves something that alludes to being female. You know, I think of the fabulous, like, Diva Jazz Orchestra. That's awesome. But I will say I was very aware when I went through the press release that Blue Notes sent over that there's no mention of the fact. I, I think maybe they, even they talk about, Rini, the, the inception of the group. I don't think they say anything about it. I don't know if that was deliberate about the fact that you're all women. But it is the way to kind of go forward, I think, in many ways. And I think it's awesome that people are recognizing you for the work that you do and for being part of this super group who are just super, everything aside.
3: If you think about it, it would be redundant almost to mention that we're all female, even though many places that advertise the band, they do choose to put that in their promo materials, but it doesn't really come from us. Uh, it's kind of obvious you look at the picture of us you know you see our names I mean why do you need to mention gender it's obvious who we are so I don't know that it's I mean it would be ridiculous to see that obviously if you think about a male band (laughs) to be saying the all male band is just uh, laughable so um yeah I, I hope that's changing
1: you lost your love like a star in a cloud And you cry little buttercup Cry little buttercup Cry little buttercup Cry You feel so lonesome and your heart is heavy You sit there and ask yourself You live, you will learn the world is cold and full of lies. But a heart that is true someday, some way, will find a paradise so dry. True love will happen your way
0: Hi there I'm jumping on here quickly to tell you how you can best support the jazz session if that's something that interests you this podcast is made possible thanks to the enthusiasm and generosity of listeners who enjoy these conversations so incredibly much that they decide to head to thejazzsession.com join to become patreon members there are two tiers of membership five dollars a month or ten dollars a month each membership has various perks, and if you head to thejazzsession.com join, you can find out what those perks are. Feel free to ask me any questions, and if you don't want to become a Patreon member, there are other ways you can support this podcast. You can tweet Instagram or Facebook about it. You can tell people about it. Word of mouth is still awesome, even in 2021. And you're also able to rate and review the podcast and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Any support is welcome and appreciated. Now, back to the interview. But to the music, you've told me some of what you get out of being part of this ensemble in terms of the social implications, the logistical things, juggling schedules, juggling domestic lives and all of that what do you get out of this ensemble musically because as you've all mentioned you all play with a great many groups different people different formats different contexts what does artemis give you musically that is both rewarding and i don't know possibly challenging reene
3: oh i was just gonna turn it over to Ingrid, but i'm happy you you
0: can
4: (laughs) no i was gonna actually just talk that's how synchronized (laughs) that's how how syncopated our energies are (laughs) Ingrid (laughs) the floor is yours um no I mean that you kind of actually answered it with your question is we we are all playing with so many different musicians as well as writing our own music constantly creating in various and sundry circumstances but Rini plays with Ron Carter I mean Ali's got all her other groups she's doing um Rini has her own group, she does. Oh, you guys, I have to mute. This is my daughter's school, sorry.
3: I, I'll just pick up um, just, you know, one thing I find really exciting musically about the band is that we do all have come from various experiences and, and totality of life experiences that is very, very vast. And um, I am definitely an open-minded musician and I think that everyone else in the band is too. And I just love the idea that we've only scratched the surface in terms of possibilities of what can happen or what what is possible, um, especially the fact that we we all write, we, we're all composers. And now that we've been playing together a little bit, we kind of know each other's sensibilities. And uh, so we can write with, uh, you know, with, with an ear towards um, just, not necessarily challenging people but just to to showcase everybody's greatest stuff that they do um and uh i mean for instance this is just one small thing but uh when we were rehearsing for the Saratoga gig um uh at Ingrid's place in her basement and she has a fender Rhodes down there and so we were playing with you know i was playing on the fender and I mean it's an instrument I played for many years I you know became familiar with it when I was even in high school but I love the sound of it and and just to hear our music with the fender it was just giving me ideas of how to approach different things and that just felt really fun and I was thinking to myself gee it would be great you know sometimes on festivals if I could have the fender um on the you know, on the stage and, and, uh, and use it uh, as a complementary inst- instrument to the acoustic piano. Um, that's just one small example. But um, I think that the possibilities of what this band can, can accomplish are, are just really endless and, and exciting.
0: Yeah. Ali, musically for you, what has kicked your ass? No, I'm just kidding.
2: that's a great question actually (laughs) um you know i will say (laughs) an ass kicking moment in this band was when we played carnegie hall um in a good sense because as and it wasn't exactly just specific to the music we were playing in the band but it was more the hall playing drums at carnegie hall takes a very specific skill set Because that that room really isn't made for jazz drumming or drum set at all. So for me, that was a really welcome challenge because um, I got a chance to practice what I preach to my students, which is know how to play with intensity so that that was an ass kicking moment that I liked. Um, And I think it went well, I think that show was fun. Um, I would say for me, the highlights musically are, are, one is what you mentioned, is that everybody's at the top of their game. And it really does feel that way when we play, like it feels, it just feels like we just soar, you know, and each show could go anywhere, which I love, you know, and everybody has an extremely open mind and we're open to playing each other's music, which is, which comes from different, like a vast, vastly different experiences. Um, so we can go from playing one of my compositions that might sound, uh, a, a contempor- a pretty contemporary to, uh, Noriko's composition, which is a super swinging waltz, you know, and that we can, we can make those work side by side, which I really appreciate it. I like music that doesn't have a label. You can't put a genre to it. And I think that this, our music has the, our body of music has that quality. I also think that all of us uh, put rhythm as king and queen. And I feel that when I play as a drummer, I think one of the things that can be difficult for me sometimes in the band is when I feel like I'm the only one that really uh, focuses on groove and rhythm and have it feeling good. But in this band, everybody has amazing time and amazing rhythmic pocket. And for me, it's just like soaring on a cloud, like playing with Rini and Noriko is, it feels so good. Like the rhythm section feels so good. It's so swinging. Noriko has such such a swinging hump, we call it. It's just, it's like, every time I play with her, I just take a, I just like smile and then just take a big breath and exhale because it feels so good to play with her.
0: Actually, it reminds me of playing tennis with somebody who's much better than you. And you do, you up your game or any sport, I'd guess. But given that this is a multi-headed monster, and I'm fascinated by bands that are led by more than one person that managed to stay afloat and stay healthy and vibrant and alive, I mean, I take my hat off to the Beatles for many reasons, but that's probably (laughs) one of them. Although, I mean, ultimately, I don't know, was it their demise? I'm not sure. That's a conversation for another day. Are there any kind of, like, ground rules for Artemis, spoken or unspoken in terms of people coming in with repertoire and ideas?
3: I mean, if there's anything along those lines, I would just say it's respect. We all have respect for one another's viewpoints. And, uh, um, you know, basically the way we run the band is is that uh, whoever's composition or arrangement it is, you know they're they're the one that directs the rehearsal of that piece um but with that in mind there's also an openness to uh all of us in terms of making suggestions or musical ideas or or you know while we're rehearsing if one of us hears something that we could do that might not be actually in the arrangement but we're hearing it you know i think everyone Uh, So far, anyway, it's pretty open minded and and relaxed and, and easygoing in terms of Yeah, sure, let's, uh, let's try that. Or, conversely, if it's, you know, I really don't hear that here, I would rather keep it like x, y, or z, you know, I think it's just really a, a respect of hearing people out and then uh, allowing the leader to make the final decision. But the fact that we all feel that we can speak to one another and shape the music collectively um, is is a bonus. And not to mention that once, once we learn something, you know, uh, recording is one thing, but then when you play live and, you know, organic things happen within each performance, and sometimes something will happen that just feels so great. We look at each other like, okay, we know this is this is something we gotta, you know, keep in, or we can develop this idea more. You know, so I, I think I think that's in, important for 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 the band, and that would be the the one word is respect. Mm.
0: And that's good advice for anybody who's listening who is a co-leader or contemplating co-leading and wondering how to best navigate that, I guess, first rehearsal. And that's a really sage piece of wisdom. So Cecile McLaren-Salvant is obviously just fabulous and is not just a vocalist. She's a musician, along with all of you. But I am aware that there can be a divide as much as there can be a gender divide in jazz. There can also be an instrumentalist vocalist divide. And of course, that goes away if the vocalist is a consummate musician, as many of the vocalists in our community are. But what made you decide to include a vocalist at all? and specifically to include Cecile?
3: Well, that actually came from the initial uh, European promoter who, who uh, requested that Cecile be a part of the band. I had absolutely no issue with that at all. She's, as we know, pretty much a genius uh, uh, with her, her what she's able to do vocally. Um, uh, so that that was just a no-brainer uh, to have her aboard and uh, but obviously she's she's a star you know she's she's very very busy and will continue to be uh, with her own projects and and uh, therefore she's more of a guest now that can uh, take part in things occasionally if, if time permits um, so you know Basically, we I, I view Artemis at this moment as mainly an instrumental band.
0: Well, I mean, it's lovely. It's great that she sings so beautifully on the record and it's lovely she's on the record so that that... Even that guest aspect can be documented for anyone who isn't lucky enough to have seen you all perform live or to have seen those earlier shows, that earlier tour, like me. I'm like, thank gosh, this is great. And then you also get to see the kind of the wide ranging palette of what you all do with a vocalist, without a vocalist. It's really just sort of shimmering and dazzling. Ingrid, I wanted to ask you what are the perks of and i'm really you keep saying you know these people are busy you're all unbelievably busy which is why i keep kind of pinching myself that i've managed to get three of you at the same time on zoom so again just like incredibly incredibly grateful ingrid what are the perks of being part of such a high pedigree band does it make it i guess easier to simply focus on the musical component because so many other aspects are kind of, I don't know, taken care of or spoken for um, or run by, you know, multiple people, so you don't have to shoulder it alone or does it bring with it any kind of pressure or expectation, do you care, do you not care?
4: I don't care, <laughs> no, I care. I mean, I don't know about the pedigree, It's that word sounds a little like lofty, like we're all just regular humans who happen to have invested our 10,000 hours plus in, in what we do. And when our energies meet up, it's just, you know, it's, it's never a dull moment, as they say, because everybody's is um, operating from a very high level of listening and focus. And and that's an amazing energy to play with alone, is it's, it's really not, not having to worry about one person's ego, having to be served it's more about we get to serve the muse with whatever new new music is being brought in or you know the input the the not maybe not saying anything and just letting things evolve element of trust and and uh, and empathy those those are those are things I feel that every time we get together I'm like wow this is so great to be able to operate off of this platform of of sharing that is is not so much about oh we have a producer and this has to go this way no this song is this tempo it's like oh what was that tempo today that's cool (laughs) good thing we all have the experience to adjust oh this just happened in the sound check and now the sound is this hmm yeah so what (laughs) we we all been through worse and better so to just uh you know to join in together in the middle despite whatever's going on you know, like my like the nurse calling from my daughter's school you know you just roll with it everything's what it is life life
0: life <laughs> life and jazz mm-hmm. anything to add allison or or renee i mean in some ways things must be easier but other things as ingrid says must just be the same
2: so the same and kind of remind me of the
0: question that happens my preamble so bloody long that often people are like <laughs> was there a question in there it was um being being part of a, let's let's not use the word pedigree i'll i'll reserve that for my question about blue note records which is maybe a bit apt being part of a high caliber band mm. um Bearing in mind, as Ingrid says, I mean, this is all relative, right? You're all normal people and you all play with so many great people who, to many people, are incredibly highfaluting. Whereas to you, you're like, but I've known that person forever and they're completely normal. You know, everybody has their own degrees of fangirling. Yeah, I mean, I,
2: I think it, would, you know, I mean, I, I think that we're all, you know, every jazz musician out there and every musician out there speaking their voice and doing their thing. We we're doing it because we love it and we have no choice. It's what we do, you know, and and it's a community and we don't see each other as I mean, if I you know, I was I started first thing I said was how much I look up to Rini. But when we get on stage, we're two musicians making music and I have high respect for her experience, who she's played with uh, the the body of work that she's put out as a leader, all of those things, you know. Um, but when we hit the stage, I'm not thinking about any of that. All I'm thinking about is uh, having a conversation with her musically and improvising and, and us challenging each other and pushing each other to go to just take the music further and further. And that's how it feels. I mean, I feel lucky that we're all, as you say, at the at the top of our game and we we can communicate and we can improvise together on a high level, um, on an elevated level. And but when it comes down to it, we're just, you know, it's awesome. Like I, I get to hang, I I get to hang out with, uh, the folks in Artemis and on stage and off stage. And we love this thing called (laughs) improvisation (laughs) (laughs) and we love food. (laughs) Like we love food and improvisation. Like to me, it's like, how did I get so lucky to be hanging out in green rooms with musicians who love food and improvisation? Like, it's so amazing. I love it. You know, and and also um, I was going to I was going to say one more thing. Oh, we're also I like touring. I like touring with this band in particular, even Nicole, even though she's young, we all feel like old pros. Like we're just we've done we have we can we can deal with the shitty sound guy. We can deal with the the sexist sound guy we can deal with crappy sound at a festival and we're we're such pros like none of us. We don't freak out about stuff I love that there's no drama we all, you know, a bunch of us are parents and we're just like, this is nothing, you know, like a bad sound check is nothing, you know, like we're just, we're making music we're happy. Sure, sometimes things might go wrong, sure, sure, sometimes we might have a a roadmap disaster on a song, especially like a new thing. But we kind of were able to leave the leave the stage and kind of laugh about it and not make a big deal about it, which I think is a real difference between maybe some younger musicians and people who've been around for a while. You know, it's like, yeah. Oh, well, that was fun. (laughs) That happened. Let's move on. You know, and I really like that about this band. And Nicole is like that, too. You know, she's she's um, I think she's the youngest member. Yes, pretty sure. Yeah. And I you know, she's just she is chill and she's all about the music which I love
4: yeah I would say I'll add to that too it's like we're able to talk freely about things that do need updated or changed without getting you know super uptight about it or taking it personally it's like oh yeah what a great idea or or, and a lot of times we'll we'll come up with with solutions or resolutions to to concepts at the same time but like because we're already feeling it and thinking it it just needs to be spoken and then the next time we play, it's even, it's even more together or more, whatever. I don't know what the word is, but just more happening as a band.
3: I also like to just mention that, you know, the audience plays a large role too, when we're performing just the energy that we get uh, from that collective body that always influences the music and makes us feel good or gives us energy or we play off of it. Um, so that's an important ingredient to every performance. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you note to everyone who makes this show possible. Namely, the Patreon members. Go to thejazzsession.com slash join to find out how you can become a Patreon member today. And also the Respect Sextet for the theme tune. Find out more about them at respectsextet.com. If you want to follow the Jazz Session, I'm on Twitter at Jazz and Instagram and Facebook, at The Jazz Session. There is also a YouTube channel where you can watch video excerpts of interviews with this season's guests, so please do subscribe. It'll allow me to eventually change the URL to not be some randomly generated one. Again, rate and review and subscribe to this podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your favourite interview shows, and do feel free to tell people about it. Now, back to the conversation with Rini, Allison, and Ingrid. Speaking of pedigree, I will apply that term to Blue Note Records. And this is your debut album. It came out in September 2020 on Blue Note. What does it mean to you?
4: Well, I never thought I'd be on Blue Note, so I'm just psyched. It's great. Great. Rini's got a, Rini's got quite a few albums. Maybe she should talk.
3: Well, I, I made a total of ten records for Blue Note as a leader, so it was really lovely to be able to come back to the label, especially with this project. And I'm so proud to be to be on the label. It it, it does have uh, you know one of the greatest pedigrees of all jazz labels, um, and and it does mean something um, to be on such a, a, a storied label uh, that is... um produced and well probably a large percentage of my early record collection uh, you know blue notes that's what you you saw that you know the logo and you're like oh this is gonna be good you know before I knew anything about who was who uh, you know you could be sure of high quality music <laughs> and um, and so it's just it's it's wonderful to have Artemis you uh, you know, be back in the Blue Note family. It's uh, it's, it's very. Um, I don't know. I feel honored. I feel, I feel that um, the band is is uh, has been bestowed an honor as well by being on Blue Note.
0: Well, they're lucky to have you too. I do love that full circle symbolism, Rini, from your perspective with with your discography. I think that's really special. It's been a year since it came out. Just past a year, so it's the anniversary. Looking back now, and certainly because I'm, I'm sure you're still playing a lot of this repertoire when you perform live now that you're back to live performing with some performances coming up, what thoughts do you have in term in terms of reflecting on that? Are you proud of it? Do you hear things and think, okay, learned from that, won't do that on the next album?
2: I'll say that I'm very proud of it, and um, I I'm looking forward to the next getting to the next recording, because I think the next one we'll, will be even more adventurous and our chemistry has deepened since then. So I'm, I'm excited to uh, see what we come up with and to put out into the world a, a project that even kind of shows our, our what I feel like is, some, is a magic chemistry uh, even deeper.
3: Yeah, I, I feel the same a way that Allison does. And, and I also feel that, you know, what we recorded was just a documentation of that time, you know, just that moment in time. And uh, as as the months and years go by, you know, we, we, we change as people and we change as musicians and the music changes and the music changes every time we play because of the nature of what we do, which is improvisation, largely. Uh, So I, too, am very excited about the next album and ready to dig into, uh, you know, producing it as a whole and uh, just, you know, making another very strong statement.
4: Yeah, I wanted to second what what both Rini and Ali said is, is you know, the documentation of just how it really, you know, that whole band and the sound of the band just exploded from the very first time we met to... When we land in the studio and to listen back and go, wow, wow, there's that. And as a trumpet player, I'm always, you know, there's always new stuff to learn. So I'm always growing from when I listen back to my experience as a musician that plays a trumpet. And and I would say that uh, lessons learned, <laughs> they continue. They never end. It's not, oh, look at that. Oh yeah, done. Check that off the list. Played great on a Blue Note record. Woohoo! <laughs> No, that was that day in my life. And guess what? I hopefully, I think I've evolved since then and that there's even more to be said amongst ourselves, but also as individuals.
0: Well, I'm very glad that there will be a next album. And really, yeah, I'm so looking forward to that and hearing how the group evolves and grows and, you know, just continues to live a life you have two dates coming up that are kind of going to fall just after this interview airs the one is november 12th at kerner hall in Canada Land, which i'm sure means something to ingrid and Rini. and then november 13th at nj which of course is for any east coasters or new yorkers are those the first two dates coming out of this kind of world period of not being able to play or have you actually regrouped Already,
3: well, we did play in June at the Saratoga Jazz Festival, um, and we have a date in October eighteenth in uh, New Hampshire at the University uh, in Durham, uh, New Hampshire. So, so that's the first one after June, and then we have the two you just mentioned coming up. And we in December we have a week, which will be really exciting in New York City. It'll be our first. Uh, club run club engagement uh, at Birdland in New York City uh, for a week so that that's going to be a riot that's going to be really fun
0: it's so lovely I get kind of emotional on the behalf of anybody who is hitting their stride with a slew of dates and getting to basically revisit that playing repeatedly which is such a luxury Ali you're nodding you just so stoked
2: (laughs) I'm so stoked I mean I, I you know I it that'll birdland will be my first kind of indoor club I did. Maybe I did. I think a couple nights of indoor shows in August with my other band. Boom, tick, boom. And I, uh, it was a little stressful. <laughs> so, um, it was also in Idaho, which is a different little bit oh. of a different scene than New York. So, uh, I'm super excited, but yeah, I, I have had, a, I've been fortunate enough to have a few shows in a row in the last couple months with my other band. And that I will say it has been fun to play consecutive shows to you know, with one project.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine. And what kind of pre-planning communication do you have before you start going out on the road again as a group? Don't tell me about the scheduling and the logistics. I don't want to scare off anybody who's contemplating being part of a working band, but you know, in terms of, I don't know is there anything specific that you want to do say when you come to toronto versus when you're in new jersey or is it just as it comes
2: well every i mean it has to do with the audience for me it's like every every show is completely different not just because what happens on stage but but how we react and how how we react with the audience and how the inner audience uh, reacts to us or interacts with us so I don't know. I mean, I can imagine the energies will be very different between c- Canada and um, Newark, New Jersey. You know, Newark is going to feel a little bit like a hometown show. And I think it's also with, du- aren't we performing with Diane Reeves?
3: It's a Double Bill, right. The way it's advertised, right, it's a little confusing. It almost looks like I've had several people ask me if she's performing with the band, uh, which she's not. Of course, she has her own mm. uh, group, uh, but it's nice to be on the same bill. I'm a huge fan
2: yeah i mean that'll be fun the hang will be really fun backstage and we'll 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 all inspire each other so yeah i think it's like jazz you know it's in the 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 interactions are in the moment and you know we never know how it's gonna feel
0: and performing in canada ingrid Rini. well
2: that would be like homecoming for us (laughs) we live here we're from
4: there yeah i haven't played in canada in years years i don't remember the last time I really? played in canada See, really? what was your last time reenie i mean i took my horn and did some long tones on vacation over the summer but that was about <laughs> it <laughs> in, ingrid
2: Ingrid, didn't you do that classical thing up in canada a couple of years ago
4: i think that might have been the last thing i did yeah with jens lindemann and, and mm. ole Matt, that, that
2: classical thing that classical thing didn't you do uh, that classical thing
4: yeah i think that was the last time i was there it wasn't kerner hall but it was a similar beautiful place well wow, nothing's like kerner hall it's gorgeous
3: yes i'm hoping that kerner will be uh fully open i mean uh, you know full capacity i'm not sure what what the you know what's happening right now with that but we have hope it is a beautiful hall, ali you're gonna love it it's an amazing hall
0: yay i'm just so glad that mm-hmm. you're all coming to kerner hall because so often i end these interviews and i'm like well, let us know if you ever head further north than the U.S. or if you come across the border, and thank gosh that you, you all are. I want to thank you so much for your time today and for creating a group that has longevity in its musical blood because I do just think that you are leading the charge and, hell, setting the bar very high, and I just always think that's a great thing. So thank you. Thank you.
4: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Nikki. Great job too. Wonderful to meet you.
0: thanks to today's guests Renee Rosnes, Alison Miller and Ingrid Jensen, half of the group Artemis and if you are in Canada or the USA you're in luck because you're going to be able to hear Artemis live fairly soon after this interview airs. The group will be performing at Kerner Hall in Toronto, Canada on the 12th of November and then they're performing at NJ Pack in Newark in the USA in a double bill with the vocalist Diane Reeves on November 13th. You can also head to their website to find out about all their tour dates and of course do purchase their album their self-titled album on Blue Note Records wherever you buy your music. I will put all this information including names of the tracks played today in the show notes for the episode. You'll be able to find it on the website thejazzsession.com. Thanks again for tuning in and see you next week for another conversation about life, jazz and everything in between here on The Jazz Session. (音楽) We'll be right back. back.